Good evening, afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are, and joining this fantastic podcast called, called Our Grinds. I am your host, Darren Redwine, also known as Big D, and I have uh, the usual two sidekicks here. You know what? I'm not going to say sidekick. Side damn. I want you guys to be sidekick, even though the sidekick is very important. Yeah. Very important. Well, how about usual suspects? suspects? There we okay, go. Usual suspects. Yes. Uh, Hammerhead Tim. Tim, how are you? Pleasure to be here. And Chef Bo, how you doing? Bo? What's happening? I love the usual suspects, man. As long as I can be Kaiser Soze, out of this motherfucker. Out of the way, out of the way. The the mastermind behind it all. That's right. That's right. Maybe we can talk about that sometime. How cool that movie was. Oh, I, I love to. A lot. Love to. Love to. Love to. But we got a. I, I think we may have a pretty good topic today. So this week's been very interesting working with uh, customers out in the field. Uh, but let's do the you know personal stuff first though. How was your guys' week? Everybody healthy? Everybody good? Good man, real good. Yeah, yeah. Hammerhead, how you feeling? Uh, fantastic. I got a chance to get away a little bit. Went up to uh, local mountains and hung out with the family. Nice. That's, that's good, man. That's great to hear. That's good. Those are the important things, right? You gotta remember that because we're about to start pissing and moaning and grinding out our grinds mm-hmm. for the next forty-five minutes to an hour with you. But today, that's gonna. I talk about a topic that, as I mentioned earlier, a lot's been happening in the consultative, consultative process and uh, meetings that I've had. Consultative? Consultative? Consultation? Am I using that word right? I think so, but it's like four or five know. syllables. That's a you big-ass word. I wrong eight times. Email your complaints and your spelling <laughs> corrections. Yes, to rgrindscrew at gmail.com. rgrindscrew at gmail.com. Yep. So this week, you know, I've been meeting with some with some uh, restaurateurs, and mm-hmm. I'm still finding that I'm amazed with one thing about people not knowing their daily profit. I, I just am really starting to wrap my head around how come they don't know that. Multiple accounts that I've been to are still dead set on saying, I got to do seven days. Now, I'm not going to bring up this topic as far as the seven days and their right. thought process behind that. I'm going to move to a different topic, but I'm okay. just still amazed on some of these people that just cannot get out of their box mm-hmm. of what they've always done seems to be the only way they can do things. And so I guess that leads me to somewhat of the topic I'm talking about today, and that is mismanage- mismanagement at the highest level, which is ownership. Mm-hmm. How is it that people out there, and it's more of a, Kind of a free form opening kind of subject, right? Mm-hmm. I guess there is no just to get your guys' thoughts on both. The point would be that we can have this conversation around is why is the ownership the last ones to realize they are horrible owners? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They look mm-hmm. at they show a track record of huge loss, confrontations in the kitchen, confrontations in the front of the house immense drama on a regular basis. It spews out of their mouth like it is the norm, the horrible culture that they created, and they cannot even pull their head out during these times when things are literally shut down and you should be able to see something and go, you know what? I am not that good of an operator. I I am the asshole of this group. I'm the one. and And I have a hard time pointing it out to them without hurting their feelings a little bit. I've kind of mm-hmm. had to, you know, preempt my conversations by saying, listen, do you want to be treated as a owner that has a boss 
and a corporate structure, or do you want me to just blow smoke up your ass? Yeah. This is obviously after I've, you know, warmed up the room and they're okay with oh, me. Obviously. And I have that gut check, and then they go, "No, give it to us straight. Give it to us straight." And I go, "Who's running this place? You or the people that work here? Because the way you're running it, you should not be surprised of what you're getting because you are the one that's running this into the ground." And they go, "What?" And they go, "Look, you don't know your numbers. People don't want to work for you. Every time I ask you a question, you have some sort of a story." about the question and when i ask you a specific number you give me a range you mean you don't even know right and i think i may have done this exercise with you guys before maybe i have it and i go well after i say something like that i say do you know your mortgage payment yeah you know your car payment yeah you know your car insurance yeah i go well then why don't you know your payroll it's coming out of your pocket it's huge why don't you know that number and then i just sit there quiet and just look at their face, and they just seem, you know, do well, obviously on the podcast, yeah, shocked their face, but the face is dead. They look at it and they go, I, you know, that's a good point, man. I don't know. I said, okay, so going forward, if I ask you a question that involves a number, you need to give me a number. You need to know, you know, but what, what is that? Back to the original reason why mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up. What is it about owners that cannot step back and look at their own business, look at themselves, self evaluate? You know it. Say, I'm the problem. Well, you want to go first? What are your thoughts? On this? I think yeah. I look at your face there. You've come across that as well. No, I have come across it. First, I want to point out that that uh, mechanical sound that you hear is Darren beating the crap out of his microphone as oh, he's getting, yeah. he's all you know powered up and hyped up over this topic. I think it's a couple things. One, when they first open the restaurant, right? If we're talking about a long term owner, I'm talking anywhere over ten years plus, right? They started it when it was small. Payroll was super small, right? Minimum wage was nothing. You know, it it was pennies on the dollar, so to speak. So over that next 10 year span, they just build in this muscle memory of, I don't have to worry about payroll. I don't have to worry about any of this. I've always been covered. I've always been good. And in in the restaurant industry, there's a big part of, of, of it that comes from muscle memory, right? If you look at guys on the line, they see the ticket, they half the time, they can't tell you where the chicken is. But if you say, go on the line and get me the chicken, they know exactly where it is, right? It's just muscle memory. It, it takes zero thought. And so they get in this habit of just not knowing. And then they don't realize that it's important for them to know these things. <clears throat> and to your point, it was like, okay, that was a six and a half minute question. I'm not going to give you a six and a half minute answer. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where Nobody's ever asked them. They're the owner, right? So they're the restaurateur. They're the owner. If they walk around town, people are like, I love your restaurant. It's so great. When can I come in? Their doctor's asking them if they can get a comp dinner. You know, they're treating people to drinks. They're doing that. They're the toast of the town. They're the celebrity in their eyes. And so they have this big ego. And when you get a big ego like that, you forget that there are people attached to that, that there's income attached to that, that there's revenue attached to that, and that you have responsibilities to other human beings on the planet, mainly within your operation, but yet they walk around like they're like a D-list celebrity. You know, they feel like, oh, well, I have an accountant. You know, I have a person that does my invoices and does my bills. They know. I don't need to know. They'll let me know if it's bad. Bullshit, they'll let you know when it's bad. They'll let you know when they can't get paid. That's when they're going to let you know. When you don't have enough money in the account to cover their payroll and their check, oh, they'll let you know, but not beforehand, right? They don't make it a priority to get in there and understand the numbers and what it means because they started the business 
when it was, oh man, you know what? I can charge five bucks and it's a 15% food cost. Great. Well, for the next 10 years, no matter what cost of goods does, no matter what labor does, no matter what rent does, it's always in their mind, 15% food cost. They never go back and reevaluate. And that's the problem is they don't understand that the restaurant's a living, breathing thing that they always have to keep tabs on. Right. You said it, their mortgage, their car payment, their car insurance, their electric bill, whatever. That's not even their payroll is a bigger nut than that. And they don't know that number. And that is scary. Right. It's and amazing. They, it, it's amazing. And they need to know that number. But because of habits and because it's like, well, I've never had to worry about it before. Why do I need to worry about it now? You know, it's just that type of mentality. So what, what I'm hearing is you think it's. So it's the muscle memory, muscle memory of just the day to day being successful mm-hmm. for three, four years, and they yeah. just take their eye off the ball. And okay, take their and eye off the ball. Ahead. They probably never had their eye on the ball. They had their eye on the ball one minute when they sat down and did their due diligence, right? When they were going to get a loan from the bank, they had to figure out and map out all these numbers, and that's the first and last time they ever did it. Maybe the first time they ever had to cut manually cut payroll checks or pay people in cash or whatever it was. The minute they stopped doing that and they went to a payroll company. Or they hired, they made enough money to hire somebody to do it. They stopped looking. Mm. They got lazy. Hammerhead, what are your thoughts? Uh, Bo, that was mm-hmm. very, very well put together. Thank you. Um, I mean, really bouncing off of what uh, Darren said. I mean, I mean, you framed it very well. Um, and I think that that is the real reality of of what happens with folks. Um, I, I happen to believe that having a payroll company is fantastic, but you have to do your, mm-hmm. you have to do your part and keep up on it. And yeah, that they, uh, they're going to tell you when you don't have any more money, when, when they don't get paid, that's, that I mean, just is absolutely yeah. right. Listen, I believe in, in, um, in, in, in knowing your business and I, I have a couple of customers that literally answer the questions that Darren uh, poses. Um, that he's done that with some of mm-hmm. my customers, and they 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 give the range, or they say, "Well, you know, about I'm making money." You know, um, I think people continue to do it when when they can still pay their bills, when they can still do stuff, when when they're still making money, not necessarily great money, but they're still making money, and they they keep it up. And I love. I love it when um, Darren was talking about when someone realizes, whoa, I'm the asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's that's causing all the strife that's in this restaurant. And you know what? They don't ever change. They still don't change, even mm-hmm. though they know it. It's so ingrained in their personality. So you're saying the ones that even recognize that, okay, I'm the problem, they still won't do it. Okay. That's right. Well, that took it to a whole other level because I'm the ones that don't even, can't even see it. But yeah. go ahead. Finish your thought. They can't see it. They don't know. And then it gets pointed out to them. And, and they have that moment where they say, oh, wow, it is me. And I am the one. But they still don't change it. And, and for the life of me, I can't understand why. Look, there's been a lot of times in my life when it, where it's been pointed out that I, I am the problem. You know, most of the time, look in the mirror. You know, there's your problem. But um, I, I make real effort to change myself. And, um, you know, there's a lot of business folks that just don't do it. And, 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 and then they sit there and complain that, um, you know, why, uh, poor me, you know, why is the business so, so bad? Why, 
why can't the employees do what I ask them to do? Um, and then they get in that mindset of, well, I can't fire everybody because then I won't have anyone working for me. I need to clean house. I need to clean house. They okay, need, well, they need to fire themselves. Yeah, they do. So the whole house is bad. You're the good one. The yeah. whole, uh, whole right. place. And it seems like the ones that they leave behind, they go, oh, hey, but this guy's okay. Yeah. It's the worst. That guy's just as bad as you. <laughs> He's just the one working you the best. Right. Yeah. He's the one that's got you fooled. Um, look, I believe in paying big dollars for the leaders of your team and mediocre for everyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I just I believe that you put in big dollars on your chef and on your front of the house manager and you pay mediocre to everyone else. Um, and you expect them to run your to run to run your restaurant and but you have to be part of that you have to know your numbers you have to know Bo, how many times you know did the gm or the owner or whoever the restaurant we were working at when they come in and say okay where are we at which food costs and you'd be like we're at 29.8 every month you know, you know where you were mm -hmm. hey how much money do you have in inventory right now i have eight thousand dollars in inventory right mm -hmm. now um, you know, we knew those things. Yep. I think a lot of that is just, I don't know why, but I feel like it's been lost. And, um, unless you are in one of those big corporate, like you're working for a Marriott, you know, I, I worked for a Marriott yeah. and they were, you know, you did your weekly or, you know, mm -hmm. your monthly, whatever it was, your inventory and you knew your numbers, you knew where you were on stuff. And, and it was no different when I moved into um, out of the corporate, the big corporate stuff and into more, you know, the mom and pop restaurant or the small chain thing. I still knew where I was. Still, I still knew what I had. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think someone puts together a restaurant with the greatest intentions and the best ideas and they even go in it with the corporate kind of thought on this is how we're going to run it. Um, and then somewhere along the lines, they realize, um, or not that they realize it just kind of starts to get a little soft and they don't keep up on it and they don't expect the high level of, of management of running something and it, and it just changes. And you know, then it turns out that you're the problem. You're the one that's toxic. You're the one that's yelling and screaming at everyone or, whatever it is and how do you get out of it I don't know I think you brought up a good point where you said I look at myself and I want to change uh, I don't, I'm curious why more people don't do that I do the same thing I, I want a better lifestyle I want a better way of communicating why wouldn't I look at the end of the day and say did I that I do that and I, how and what can I do my day's better and I'm better the next day. I, I know. I, it's one word. It's one word. Complacent. Okay. Because the ones that don't know their numbers, right, are, are the ones that don't feel like they have to get better. They're complacent in whatever whatever status quo they hit, be it five, seven, nine years ago, they became complacent. And once you become complacent, be it in business, be it in your personal life, and you don't want to be better, then you stop looking in the mirror and you stop nitpicking yourself as far as like, how can I be better? You know, this person came to me today and I, I feel like I really answered truthfully and honestly, but a little too harsh. 
you know, and you reevaluate and you play those conversations back. Like, how can you be a better person down to the minutia? But if you have that mentality, like the three of us do, then you have that mentality towards everything, even your business. You're like, hey, you know what? We're making a lot of money here, but how can I better value, give a better value to the customer and make more profit? What, what's that equation look like? They're not looking at that, right? We're, we're all on the consultative right. side. They come to us and they'll be like, help me make money and get customers and make bomb ass food. What the fuck? What? What have you been doing? <laughs> that should have been the norm. That, that, that should be every day, right. right? But they don't get that. They become complacent. And then all of a sudden, because the restaurant industry is so evolved so quickly and moves so rapid, especially now in the pandemic when everybody had to move, bam, to go, bam, patio, bam, 25% indoor, bam, no staff. You got to move. You have to be fluid. But if you're just complacent, you're like, well, I guess nobody's coming to eat here today. Okay, but I'll stay open. You're like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you, they got to they gotta get out of that complacency and get into the innovative side, get into the pushing the envelope, making it happen, becoming uncomfortable. They don't want to be uncomfortable. They want to be comfortable. They want to drive to their restaurant in their leased Mercedes, right? Get out, get out of their big California king bed, go into their restaurant that has their menu on it and be the fucking mayor. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> yeah, they're just complacent. Okay, you sold that one word very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they, 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 they don't want to make money. No. And they do. They do. Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason they, to be. Then you agree with it? You agree with what Chef just said? Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I get that there that that is that is one great that's a huge thing. You know, people are just sitting on their laurels and they're not. You know, they're not. Um, they're not making the effort to make those changes mm -hmm. and they think what they have is good enough. Yeah. Um, and when it's really not, and they're probably bleeding money somewhere huge, but um, I just, I mean, how do you get someone to really realize it? I mean, Darren, you, you've, you've sat here, you've sat in front of customers. I've heard you do it and ask those questions or say, make those comments. And they look at you like, I can't believe you're telling me this. And then they also get that, oh, yeah, that oh, crap moment. Yeah, will you please come back? <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. I'm because you won't change. But, you know, they they don't, they just don't make the change. And I think, and then, then they get to the point where they're just, it's crazy. You know, no one's doing what they're told. No one, there's no consistency one cook does the dish this way and the other mm -hmm. does it the other way. The server, one server asks if someone wants iced tea, the other says, can I get you a glass of water? I mean, it, you know, I mean, they, they, they and, and, and then they sit there and wonder why, you know, things are so bad. They don't, they have no idea what their, what their labor cost is, their payroll, their food cost. They have no idea. They look in the bank and, and they can pay the bills. So I must be making money somewhere. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm okay. And until, and they go that way until the wheels fall off. Right. Or they had that bad month and then they're scrambling. Yeah. Yeah. Then like, Oh, let me do the payroll funding or the uh, POS funding at 25% automatic deduction by the day. Yeah. And it just slowly eats them up. 
as soon as they signed one of those death waivers, I'm like, oh my God, it's that bad. He actually had to go get 25K from the PO point of sale company. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. okay. Like dead man walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, do you, how do you shake him and, and get him out of that? And I just. I don't know. Okay. And that's what I mean when you say, I don't know. And I don't really either because you and I, Bo, we've all posed this question to so many different mm-hmm. restaurants. And did any of them make the change and really come out the other end and go, I did it. I changed. The best case scenario I ever had is I, I was with uh, one chef in a restaurant and I, I pulled him out of the meeting and him and I went out back by the dumpster, you know, the chef's office. And he lit up a cigarette and everything. And I literally in all King's English and in the best chef voice and tone was like, dude, if you do not change what you're doing here, you're going to kill this business on your side, your responsibility. You need to do your due diligence and you need to hold the owner manager accountable on the front side. And I checked in with him 15 days later, 30 days later, and he was, he was making the right moves, you know, with some coaching and some tutelage, he was making the right moves. He left, he left that place because the front was not changing. The owner and the front of the house manager were not changing. So he left and he went on to become successful in another restaurant. There you go. Right. So that, that's the best case scenario I've had is he saw it, the, the light bulb went off and then he was like, they're not doing it. I need to get out of here because he could see that it was the right thing to do. Yes. You but know? He was the chef and right. not the owner. True. So, I mean, and how many owners, uh, Darren and Bo, have we gone to and said this like, hey, it's not working. You have to change. You yeah. have to make that change. I'll bet if we've said it to 10 of them, nine yeah. of them didn't change. Yeah. I can't think of any of them that have changed. I can't think of any They're of still either. dealing with the same issues, same complaints. I got. Uh, I, I have oh, one no, owner. No, I have one true. owner. I have one. You have one? I have one. I have one in Redlands that is now turning the profit because she finally does everything that I tell her to do. I had one at one of Tim's favorite places out here in the Palm Springs area. I'm not going to name names, but I had a meeting with the, the owner. It well-established fine dining restaurant, right, in Palm Springs. Just toast of the town and he wasn't making the revenue he wasn't making the money customer counts were down and i i looked at him and these were my words i'm like well your customers are dying off he's like yeah they're not coming in i'm like no they are literally dying off because you haven't changed your menu in 25 years you're not getting the grandkids to come in you're solely relying on the grandparents and they're dying and he was like oh that makes sense. <laughs> and like, but it took that type of revelation for him to understand, like, oh my God, I do need to do something. Now, granted, he started me off small. He's like, you can you can start with the brunch menu. So I rewrote the brunch menu. All of a sudden, brunch was up 125% in 30 days. Hey, in 30 good. days. On one day out of the week, brunch was up. Once that okay. was proven, then he allowed me to go through the rest of it. And then business picked up and everything got great. You know, but well, yeah, so that, that's the one. That's the one. Well, it sounds like he did what uh, what I'm, what mine did, which was just listen to me and put the things in action and mm-hmm. see a, a kind of benefit. You know, now she's making, with not only giving everybody raises, including yourself a raise, still pocketing. Nice. Almost 10, almost 10K a month mm. in her pocket. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then I got others that are still doing four, four and a half millions. 
same, same. complaints. Same. Yeah. I think they're on their what twelfth chef by now. They don't even have one now. That's you know they're averaging one a year. Tim knows uh, what I'm talking about. That's horrible. Uh, the other account that we know up in the uh, area there with a nice young aggressive owner that can't seem to figure out that he's probably the the reason why people don't stick around. You know, uh, and then you got these other ones that have had employees for almost twenty years because they're yeah. good people. Yeah. Right. So that, that's there all I was curious to, to throw at you guys because I am looking for ways to where I can break that cycle, break that complacency. And it sounds like it's so, you know, in, embedded in the way they were raised and the way they yeah. go about it. Uh, almost like where you find that person that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about where do they find these investors that give them this money yeah. to open up these restaurants and it's, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, tell, them, tell them to sell their restaurant and get out of the business. Go do something sell else. It. Yeah, tell them to sell, sell it. it. Yeah, that's the only thing. It's like, you know what? You're old enough. You've done this long enough. You should just sell it and retire. Yeah. That came up, that came up today. With oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I said, listen, if you're not going to do this and you're open to it, let's let's get a program put in place so it at least looks attractive and you can show bottom line profits, systems, and ask for the number you're asking and uh, and get what you want. But you're not going to do that bouncing all over the place. No one's going to come into it, you know, mm-hmm. all uh, a multi-million-dollar uh, place where the operation is a disaster and where you can't prove numbers and you're going to ask for this big number. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But hey, I uh, hope you like that topic because I oh, did. Great. It's a challenge for me whenever I see some of these operators what they're coming up with. So thank you for your input. I hope you enjoyed that uh, topic, and we'll be right back with you. Hang tight. This is our grinds. Hey, man, if our you guys got it, if, if you have, uh, uh, our listeners out there, if you have um, if you have a reaction to this and you have something that you might think help, email it over to us. Absolutely, man. Send that email Absolutely. over. Or if you need our help. Ourgrindscrew at gmail.com. Ourgrindscrew at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Our Grinds. Your host, Darren Redwine, here with Chef Bowen and my head, Tim. hey. hey. And uh, we're going to get right at this next topic as well, because Bo's got something hot he's been wanting to discuss. So, Chef Bo, why don't you go ahead and take over? All right, cool. You know, it's it's not, I don't know about discuss, but I think it's it's a very topical question. It's a very, it sheds a light on somebody's persona, their insight, their flavor profile, all that stuff. And we never covered it back in our food championship brackets. And I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys can fight on who goes first. Favorite pizza toppings. Now it could be oh. individual, it could be combination, it could be okay. as many as you want, but favorite pizza toppings. One, I had pizza today. So one of the, the toppings that I seem to be my regular thing mm-hmm. are roasted garlic. I don't know. I love that. I don't know why I love Ooh. that so much. Roasted garlic. I love spinach. I love uh spinach. Obviously the, the fresh mozzarella, mm-hmm. the sauce. And what else did I put on there? Um this time I did barbecue with a barbecue sauce. Those seem to be a nice little go-to mix of flavors in my mouth that I've been doing. So, like, so roasted garlic, spinach, barbecue sauce, and fresh mozzarella. And, some, and I throw some bacon bits in there. And they throw some. What the fuck is wrong with bacon you? Bacon pieces. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, it's so out of left field. I, I, I don't know what it is, but today they, they nail it as usual. It's a, it's, right. a, it's a chain, but you build it as uh-huh. you go. Um, and for, for some reason, every time I go in there, those are the same items I keep picking. So hey, I gotta, hey, I just you know, gotta ask. I just gotta ask, Big D, you pregnant? 
Not that I know. Okay, no. just check it. Just check it. <laughs> I'll probably take a six point nine ounce pound dump. <laughs> I got a pizza baby. <laughs> well, what do you think? What, what's well, your I think it, it, for me, it, it depends. Am I in um, an artisan style pizza place, or am I uh, whatever pizza place you want? Getting getting delivery when it comes to you know you're just super basic. Let's do both. Let's do both. Let's yeah, do both. Hey, I want to hear the Swan Yang one. Yeah, I want to hear Swan Yang. I, I really like you know a pepperoni and mushroom and just those mm. two things on there. And I like pepperoni a little bit well done on there. Okay. Um, I, I can I can do that. I really love um, uh, red onion and olive. Just those oh, two yeah. things on mm. a pizza. Um, and then. Um, you know, I think uh, my favorite pizza uh, is uh, one that is a little bit different. It, it, it has a hoisin sauce rather mm -hmm. than a uh, oh. barbecue sauce okay. or, a, or a tomato. It has uh, duck, goat cheese, cilantro, and some wonton chips sprinkled across the top of it. Ooh. Okay, so. But, is uh, that what you used to get at CTK? That's what I was yeah, just so thinking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If C CPK, if you're listening, we take all sponsorships and all That's gift right. certificates I, for pizzas. I wish they, uh, I w that and the watercress and romaine salad that they used to have. I wish they would bring that back. Anyway, that was a good that, salad. Bring that pizza back. But um, uh, I, I love very, you know, simple, maybe one or two ingredients on a pizza. Um, I, I like, uh, let, let's, uh, you know, it, it, I like the onion and olive, right? Mm -hmm. Red onion and olive, or just um, a meat lovers. Just put some pepperoni and some mushroom on. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. I, I seem to really like those. Although, you know, um, I would take a good stromboli over anything. True. Um, yeah. True. So, which I, which I really like. There used to be a little spot down by the coast that I used to when I lived down by the beach. There used to be the best stromboli. It was just a little bit of the of uh, uh, Canadian, I don't know if it was Canadian bacon, but ham, uh, ham, mushroom, pepperoni, and cheese and sauce rolled up, and it was just cooked perfect. The dough was good. You nice. had to call ahead of time to order it. It was just perfect. But yeah, you know, I like a good uh, a good pie. I like it um, uh, more on the thin than the thick side. Yeah. Of, uh, of of dough and um, you know just have a good cheese and a good sauce and uh, boy it really says a lot. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bo, what's yeah. your pizza? My, I can't wait to hear. This. My mine is a combination. It is uh, a Italian sausage, black olive, mushroom, red onion. Oh, beautiful! That right there, I get enough spice. I get enough creamy off that black olive. I get enough tang. Right. It's just the mushroom makes it that umami. Right. So it's just beautiful. But like you said, I like it on the thinner side. I like a good sauce. I like a good cheese. And that's pretty much it. And I don't have a reindeer goat cheese pizza artisan thing that I like. Right. It's just that's the one I like. That's the one I get. If you can make that correctly, you have my respect. You screw that yeah. up. I will throw it at your face while it's piping hot. <laughs> Man, you have, yeah. uh, I love the sausage, the red onion, uh -huh. the black olive. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, like that's that meat right there. Yeah, that, and it, it's just, it's that perfect. It hits all the spots on the palate for me. It's just nice. And I like it when that crust is, is nice and crispy on the bottom, right? It doesn't have to be crispy all the way through that. No, but when it's crispy on the bottom and there's a little bit of tug, 
in the center of that dough, right? Just a little yeah. bit, right? It, perfect. All right. So yeah. now, now that we got that, hold on. We'll follow up question. Pineapple on pizza. Thoughts? Damn. I quit. Damn. I, I, so, I don't know what it is. I like that. You know what? And I would do, do that with the black olive. What? And I do it with Canadian bacon. That It, it works for me. I, I like that sweetness on the... Really? That sweet, salty thing. With the, I do. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah. That is my weakness. I got a brownie waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I grabbed the cookie and the character. Right. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I don't mind it. It wouldn't be my go-to. Like, I'm mm. not getting a Hawaiian. Right, pizza. right. I don't, you know, I, I'll make pizzas at home sometimes, and, and I'll ask, hey, anybody want pineapple on it? Because, you know, but no, I don't think it'd be one of my real go-to. Mm. My go well, I think that's the key word. Their go-to. It's not mine either. I will not go and no. say, "Go to I'm that pizza night," and then make sure I go to the store, grab a pineapple to make sure I have a pineapple pizza. I, I right. won't do any of that. I won't. No, I just do just a general. good Italian sausage somewhere and mm -hmm. go get that. Have a pizza. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Yeah, but yeah. but just yeah. in general, just in general, pineapple on pizza. I mean, it's the only fruit that makes the cut to be on pizza. Why? What? What the fuck is so special about this thing? I don't know. Apples and walnuts don't. <laughs> that's that's called no. apple pie. For some reason they don't. The apples don't. I cannot. No, the that. apples don't. I mean, but it's just like, you know, pineapple on pizza. It's like I I flip. I look at people, and I'm very snooty when it comes to palates and what people eat and order. And yes, I judge a lot. And I look at them. I'm like, you purposely ordered pineapple on your pizza, so you have the palate of a ten year old. Great. Right. You know what? <laughs> I kind of want to throw a culinary challenge at you guys and try to figure out an apple pizza. Because I got a feeling if you roasted that right in the sweetness and the right oh. apple, I mean, there's multiple choices of apples, right? And oh, I've made it before. Yeah. Oh, you have? oh, yeah, it's easy. It's, it's apple and brie. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, on the. Oh, on the... Which, which apple? Are you doing a red delicious, the Fiji? No, a green. Oh, green, 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 yeah, green. green. Yeah. Red delicious. Okay. And dude, if you got to put the color of your apple and the fact that it, it might or might not be delicious when you bite into it, that's a bad What's sign. What's wrong with you, Dan? What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's why I throw it out to you, too. No. I don't know what I'm doing here with apples. I would do one. I would do one with the way to go. Granny Smith. Granny Smith would be the way to go. Granny nut right here said pineapple is the only one to make the cut, and you made an apple one, and it was perfect. Well, I don't know about purple. Obviously, I, I, it didn't. I, I, it didn't survive the trend. I, I mean, we'll just say that it, it was probably great, but it didn't survive. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of like apple, uh, apple, and the brie, and with the puff pastry and stuff like that. It's like okay, that's round. Technically, it's like an upside down pizza, I guess. I mean, shit, that might work, you know. But I would think apple pork. Um, some star anise, maybe some fennel, some red onion, you know, and a fontina type cheese, you know, where the apple's yeah. not the star, but it's yeah. there. The brie is more of the star. Yeah, the brie the would apple. be more of the star okay. than the apple. Yeah. Did CPK have a pizza like that? I, I know they had I mean, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. don't know. I only like no the pizza, the duck one. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the duck one I had, I was fuck. I thought he made a real good duck pizza. Have you ever had that well, one? Well, technically, he didn't make it, but okay. Uh, <laughs> he put one on the menu when I started fine. working there That's fine. years ago. That's fine. Was. Yeah, he wasn't there. He did fine. a duck pizza with a uh, cream fresh and a uh, cream fresh. 
cream freeze, cream freeze sauce that blended great with the pulled pork we put on it, and it was yeah. like a pizza. It was, hey, it was I, really I, good. I wanted, I wanted to go back to one thing we were talking about our pizzas. Mm -hmm. The one thing I really love on on the pizza is right when it comes out of the oven, I like to uh, put the oregano. Oh yeah, the dry oregano. It, or, and even better yep. if you have fresh chunk oh, yeah. of oregano on a pizza. It's just fantastic. That and a yep. little really high-end olive oil, a little swirl over the top. Yep. Any the fresh basil, no? You can do right. fresh basil. I mean, you can almost do any fresh herb. Any fresh fresh herb, people, fresh herb, listen to my voice. As long as you have enough fat, which most people will call oil, on top of your pizza for that herb to hit and then open up. So yeah. basil, oregano, thyme, depending on what the pizza is, yeah, you got to get the corresponding herb, but then that herb opens up into that fat and it, then it, it takes it to another level. I would imagine you could you could raise the level of a store-bought frozen pizza by a couple of tricks and twists. You yeah, know? you can. Yeah, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so, so just, you know, pizza. I like pizza. Pizza's easy. Right. I was just curious about everybody's toppings. I mean, you guys can all email in your most crazy, insane topic pizza toppings to our grinds crew at gmail.com and let us know what you guys think, especially up in. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if our Great Britain friends are like, oh, we like gravy and chips on ours or what the hell's going on. Or, you know, or what do they do in the Philippines? I mean, I know they don't technically, quote unquote, maybe have a pizza, but they got to have some type of flatbread. They're putting shit on I know it'd be yeah, great to hear from them. We got some fans out there, so yeah. Awesome. You know, be... Poison and duck confit. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. That sounds hey, really good. Hey, how about an update on the cheese you're making for Chef Bo? We... Oh, yeah, let's good. do today, an up cheese update. Today, just so you know, mm -hmm. today I went and bought the goat milk. Uh, I mm -hmm. found a super high quality goat milk has not been, uh, it's not a pasteurized, Ooh, it nice. is not homogenized, Ooh. and it has full cream in it as well. Oh. So I just, uh, I just put it in today. I put all the different cultures in, and it is sitting on the stove and has to sit. I did it at two o'clock today, mm -hmm. and it has to sit between 18 and 24 hours. It's already, uh, it's already, um, started to like coagulate you know and the whey is is separating from the curds mm -hmm. so tomorrow i will be taking it out and putting it into the mold into the the, the molds and it will start its nine day process of flipping over back and forth nice. to drain it all and then uh actually it's a it's a two-day process then I spray it with the vegetable ash, mm -hmm. the French vegetable ash, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I flip it over um, once a day for nine days, and um, and let's see if we can get that uh, that that cheese going. It is the Valence, or uh, we would call it uh, humble fuck. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I think that's a good way to good way to end the second portion yes, of our yes. great show. Good. That's good that you mentioned that because it just oh. so happened that today was the day that I did that. Awesome. Like, oh, what did I miss? What did you say, Chef? Nothing. I thought it was great. I that's all. Oh, okay. I thought uh, you asked him something and I stepped No, I was I'm just excited, man. I would be too, but he yeah. hasn't and neither one of you mentioned me getting any of it. So I No. Well, we're only making two little uh round uh, uh things here. Maybe none none for you. Each. 
None for you. But you're the one that said you like cheddar, so, you know. No, Darren, I made you cheese. Based on your pizza toppings, I made you cheese. It's in a can. You can go get it at the grocery store. Fair enough. Fair enough. It fills me up. It's great on a Ritz. I call that a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a cheese. Mac and cheese, Gary (laughs) Velvet. Is it really? Big seller. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the, the listenings of uh, Chef Bo and Hammerhead Tim here and myself. We look forward to catching up with you next time on Our Grinds. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. See ya. See ya.